is the real bad dude's cast. Unfortunately, Wolfman couldn't join us for the segment, so he had to leave, but here's uh, me and Lots uh, just shooting the breeze with Tom Sullivan. All right, enjoy. I was telling uh, Lots some of the other stuff you've done. I know you've done like, D&D books, right? And I'll work for some of those. Or, well, not uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, Chaosium Inc. They, they're uh, Call of Cthulhu games. Oh, Call of Cthulhu, my bad. Oh, really? Damn. Yep. That's even better. I did that for about 18 years. I don't think they publish any of, any of my stuff. Every once in a while, um, they'll use a piece of artwork or something, but, you know, uh, some compendium or whatever. But um, they pretty much re- uh, you know got a new bunch of artists and everything but i'm really happy with what i did there i uh got good compliments on it and uh things it's really neat because i go to conventions and uh, take my evil dead stuff and a lot of prints and i've got prints from you know the pages i kept the copyrights book of the dead and so i have the prints of the pages and um so my concept artwork and posters that i did for evil dead and then uh I have my uh, Chaosium artwork uh, illustrations because I kept the copyrights for those too, and the originals. I'm, I'm big on that. And um, then, uh, so fans come in and for the Evil Dead Tom Sullivan, and they go, "Hey, I got the the board game thing of this, you know, the, the <laughs> book at the rule book or whatever." And uh, that's that's always fun to have discover. There's multiple me's. Right. What uh, I read uh, a while back, there's some company that was making, like, unauthorized books or something? Oh, that's so, yeah. Um, there's, um, but it, that's kind of like pe- what people do on eBay and mm. Etsy, DeviantArts is uh, rip me off. And, boy, if I could actually get paid what, you know, if, if they actually bothered to license that, I could, I would be wealthy. Right. Uh, it's just, it's so depressing <laughs> that uh, according to the copyright laws, you have to maintain a vigilant protection of your stuff, and it's overwhelming. It's it's in the hundreds at all times. Jeez. And uh, uh, it's, it's kind of like hard to be an artist in a world of thieves because mm-hmm. uh, like even in um, filmmaking, uh Films are getting released before they're even in the screen theaters anymore, and of course, they've, the thieves, copyright thieves have also pretty much ruined the uh, record industry. Uh, as soon as you release something, nobody's paying for it. It's all getting copied uh, on the web and given away for free. And they try to catch it, but it's it comes and goes so fast. There's just no way to to really stop it. And uh, uh, it's it's demoralizing. It's like every piece of artwork you create, suddenly it's a legal liability. And uh, to actually take somebody to court is, if you're going to, some kids, you know, making a copy of my book and selling it for $100, <clears throat> well, you have to go travel to their jurisdiction, say they're down in California, and then uh, sue them in court there. So you've got the travel expenses. And this is for a book for $100. And if you're actually going to go to court because they want to fight you for some reason, uh, lawyers will tell you, well, that's about 150 grand up front for starters. This is over a hundred dollar book, and yeah. uh, and you go into court and they say their 
says, well, gee, you're going after my client, but let's go to uh, the Internet and see how types in Book of the Dead, da-da-da, and what do you know? There's 200 of these people selling the stuff on all over the place, and uh, why aren't you going after them? And then the judge, and this happens a lot, the judge could go, well, and, you know, it's public domain, Mr. Sullivan. You, you, can, you still own the rights to it, but so does everybody else can use it, too. And uh, suddenly you're competing with yourself and uh, your copyrights and contracts and none of that seems to make sense, make, make it an issue anymore. And it kind of makes, well, then why create anything and put it out there? I mean, it's for yourself, fine, but as soon as you... Uh, I've heard that, um, you know, most producers, independent producers, uh, especially horror film producers, uh, they make their films and then they take them and they take the DVDs that they paid to produce and uh, put them in a box and take them to conventions and sell them. And I've heard on average, uh, one of the first five people to buy your your horror film is going to be somebody who's going to put it on Pirate Bay or start making their own copies and selling them at conventions they go to. And, you know, they just put, just this is what they do. And it's kind of, well, then what's the point? How do you ever make your money back, even if you just put five to ten thousand dollars into a into a thing, and by the time you're selling it, people have already seen it, you know, and mm. maybe they liked it, but they yeah. you didn't get any money out of it, you know, and uh, it, how do you make a living at a film if it's uh, some kind of you know it's got distribution but you're not involved? <laughs> right. Well, is it is it different like? Uh... Like, uh, let's say, like, the Net Rental Sheet movies, those are, like, New Line Cinema. So, wouldn't, because it's a bigger studio, they would go after, like, knock off Freddy Gloves or something? Is it because, like, uh, is it because Evil Dead's more of an independent thing? Is there, like... Uh, the, well, the big studios, of course, can have lawyers, you know. Right. Uh, you don't want to mess with Spielberg or Lucasfilm or the big studios. Because um, they send lawyers into conventions, and they can... Uh, actually confiscate your illegal Howard the Duck <laughs> or whatever it is, <laughs> right. your, whatever your bootlegs are. And uh, if they wanted to, they could take you to court, but usually just a cease and desist kind of thing. Because right. that would be uh, – somebody told me that if I saw a, somebody selling a Book of the Dead, I could legally confiscate it, but I'm not going to get into a fight right. in a convention. <laughs> Because yeah. I can end up looking like an asshole, but I tell I I, I definitely have told people, uh, look, I'm the copyright owner to that, and it's illegal. If you want to give it away to somebody, that's fair use, you know, as a gift. Right. But if you sell it, then I, you're 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 damaging me. And gee, I'm a fan. I didn't know, you know, that kind of thing, uh, which is the case mo- most of the time. And then there's the serious assholes right. who. Uh, I don't give a crap what you think, you know. Come and sue me, and then how do you begin to do that? Because I'm not wealthy. <laughs> yeah. And that's just uh, U.S. law, too. Like, when you have, well, the other oh. day, me and Lots were looking at, like, restaurant, you know, super food, I mean, super, fast food uh, restaurant knockoffs in, like, China and stuff, and then, like, you know, other stuff they always do. Yeah, there, there's a, a company in uh, South Korea uh, took my uh, uh, the artwork I did for the uh, Anchor Bay Evil Dead Book of the Dead, the 
you know, the rubber model that we did. Yeah. And um, uh, they were selling that, used, used my artwork, used all my designs, all that stuff. And uh, I should have gotten my paycheck for that. But, no, if I want to, I can go to South Korea and take it up there. Oh, that they stole the molds or something? No, no, they um, they just used, uh, like, images of it. Oh. But they used my interior artwork because all they had to do was buy one of them and then photograph it and copy it. Because uh, uh, that happens with uh, with toys a lot, too. Like Ninja Turtles, yeah. for example. They'll, but they'll, they'll get a hold of the molds and then they'll make their own. Yep, right. And uh, now we've got uh, the laser printing and all that so that yeah. – can buy a toy and then make replicas or your molds or whatever immediately out of it. And uh, how do you compete with that? I mean, as soon as you turn out something, it's uh, uh, it's sad. Why can't people be honest? <laughs> I think it's uh, yeah. consumer, you know, stuff to the consumer, I guess, to make the choice. No, it's a, it's a moral failure on our parts. We're not we're not getting it. Right. If you don't want any more music, uh, except at a band, except at a concert, uh, that's that's about the best way musicians can make money anymore. Mm-hmm. Is uh, hopefully you get a big crowd at a at a, at a concert, and because uh, it's not in record sales. Right. Yeah, there's always a problem, especially these days. Mm. But there is. A significant audience that does like to have the legitimate product, you know, like the thing that was made by the guy versus just a Chinese knockoff. Uh, yeah, yeah. And hopefully it's got you know, that much more value and qu- actual artistic quality to it than, than a knockoff. And uh, uh, it's a shame. And, then, you know, but then in comic books, there was the whole thing back in the uh, uh, the 80s about uh, comic book rights and artists owning the artwork and, uh, uh, you know, certain various levels of copyright ownership, uh, you know, starting with the whole Superman thing with uh, uh, Schuster and, and Siegel. And uh, you, probably, you probably know that story, right? The guys who created Superman uh, were just kind of... Yeah, kids and they signed it away and uh here this thing that goes on and becomes this huge industry and then they're making the christopher reeve films and uh gee one of them's blind and they're both uh like living on welfare and you know and here they created a product uh, you know a character that made hundreds of millions for dc and uh um, you know and then movies and stuff and then uh, Neil Adams and some other uh, comic artists uh, like got public attention and said, uh, you know, this isn't right. You're ta- you've got you should honor these guys. And so they got they worked out some money for them, I think, and maybe some health insurance or something. But you know, they were already kind of aged at that, you know, elderly at that point. And uh, things started changing. Then later. Um, a uh, young artist started, you know, he would get big starts in DC and Marvel and hit it big. And then, you know, the thing is, is you're, they wanted to keep artwork and create things that they owned rather than working for the man, <laughs> mm. uh, which is a great way to start, you know, because they got the distribution and exposure and all that. But uh, then you get, you know, Rob, uh, Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld and, 
uh, you know, all these sprouting up groups of uh, independent artists producing their own comics, and uh, that's kind of where we're at today. Where there's you go into a comic book store, and uh, there's actually tons more comics than they have shelf space for. And um, uh, but we're getting a big diverse array, and so they've all got a chance at shelf. You're you know you selecting them, but um, now. Uh, that's what drove me was uh, like Frank Frazetta uh, in his interviews. He'd say, just own your stuff and keep your originals because, uh, you know, he did and for the most part. And now those are incredibly valuable pieces of art. I've kept most of my stuff. Uh, very little actually has gone out. And uh, I've still got some books of the dead and uh, uh, original drawings and concepts and posters and things like that. And uh, so now that Evil Dead is, uh, at least in stasis for now, uh, but as popular as ever, I mean, what Sam created is lasting, and people want more. <laughs> right. But that's why, that's why I was making the joke, you know, small little film, because uh, it seems like uh, it just it's just getting bigger and bigger, you know, as time goes on. Yeah. Three seasons of Sam. Every step of the way of success is 100% the fans. Uh, in its initial uh, plane in America, I think it made about $2 million, which can't really cover, you know, the meager uh, advertising costs and the costs of four wallet, you know, start off on one part of the country and you move it across the country. And, you know, so you, you don't have like 500 prints. You've got a couple dozen, and uh, uh, you kind of go region by region. And uh, but even with that, that's not a whole lot of money because they couldn't get advertising because of its uh, uh, it had the violence in it, and uh, that would give it a an X rating. And um, if you have X on it on the advertisement, it looks like it's a porno film, uh, which is. <laughs> 20 frames of breasts in the film <laughs> and um uh they so they went with an un, unrated film which still has to carry an unrated thing which almost is, is as bad as an x except most people aren't familiar with the unrated part and so um uh local papers wouldn't put publish reviews uh or even allow ads it was just evil dead seven and nine you know at the little theater wherever it's playing. Right. And uh, it wasn't, you know, it, it was things like Fangoria and uh, um, Starlog that had, uh, or not, not Starlog, uh, Cinefantastic that had articles on it. And um, uh, that kind of thing that really, it was the, the, the hardcore fans who were tuned into it that sought it out. And uh, we got some great press from uh, Stephen King, uh, in Twilight Zone magazine, saw it. The most uh, ruling experience um, in terror, yeah. something like that. He wrote on it. I remember exactly. And Joe Bob Briggs saw it at the same show, and uh, uh, I uh, and was you know loved it. So I got it. Got it. You know, it's one of those films that you have to kind of get the what's going on. That it's not it's not a comedy, uh, but it's taken things to to this extreme. Uh, just to see, to kind of rub your face in it, you know. Right. Uh, knowing Sam from that era, as I did, 
it, it, it's really a Sam film. He made us all look really good in it. And uh, but he had the whole film designed out, uh, and uh, uh, didn't necessarily communicate the entire concept to us, you know, except as we went along. But uh, he definitely knew what the hell he was doing, and still does. I think his Spider-Man films are excellent. Oz the Great and Powerful uh, is just perfect. Dark, Dark Man, perfect to me. Dark Man, I love him, and as a producer. Uh, his stuff is is everybody's still talking about you know Xena um, and Hercules mm-hmm. and uh, uh, even the bad ones uh, you know I think uh, was the one. I think even the uh, Evil Dead remake was well done you know for being oh and, and the TV show holy yeah, cow yeah. I think that's the best incarnation of the entire series it it gets all the uh, you know Evil Dead the first one had kind of like hardcore feeling to it. And uh, kind of hardcore and dark humor, and then Evil Dead Two is uh, gory and horror, but then it's got like some comedy to it, like Three right. Stooges stuff. It's sneaking in, and then Army of Darkness is like Three Stooges. Right. There's really not a scare in it, you know, and uh, this it's more spectacle uh, gore and everything. But you know, but they they all have a different tone, and then. Betty Alvarez did his, uh, 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 not a remake or a reboot, it's a sequel. Um, I stand by that. Uh, it's, um, but he does his film, and it's uh, uh, just hardcore horror completely. And it also took all the goofiness out of it. Because they, they didn't want somebody else to make a Sam Raimi film. They have a perfectly good working Sam Raimi who can do those, you know, all day long. Right. And uh, they, they wanted somebody with their approach to it. And um, his was, let's take the goofiness out and let's make this like, and this is one of Sam's uh, things, is you got to hit the audience in the head with a sledgehammer to get their attention. And uh, so you need that brutalness, you know, to really, you know, you think you're going to come for chuckles? Well, not in this one. And uh, when I saw that woman's arm get fall off, I wanted my mommy. I mean, this is like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Poor. And um, uh, I, I really like what he did. But uh, it's definitely a reboot. And the secret, the secret is in the, the Books of the Dead. My book, um, Skimmed in Human Flesh, which is my idea, um, it was the, it, my backstory to that was it was the, uh, like a Leonardo da Vinci of ancient Sumeria had figured out some kind of uh, scientific method for the occult so that he could figure out what worked and what didn't and how to improve things through experimentation. And he writes his results down in this book, using it as his uh, way to influence the local tyrant. And I bet he was successful because who's heard of Sumerians lately? They're kind mm-hmm. of interesting. And um, uh, in Fede's book, and I, Fede called me. They were... They wanted to possibly use my book, and uh, 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 we kind of changed the concept. But they, um, uh, they so they went with their their book, and uh, to, from looking at what they came up with, their book is clearly European, uh, like fifteenth uh, century European, because it's got. Um, uh, printing in it, you know, like etchings or uh, woodcuts or something, and um, uh, or black printing, you know, that kind of thing. 
And uh, it also has references to Beelzebub and Satan and whatever. And uh, to me, that book is written by some esoteric uh, Christian uh, cult, like Knights Templar or some wing group that was um, made that somehow the, the evil dead plague, you know, the demonization, the possession of people somehow uh, occurred in 15th century uh, or later, or earlier, rather, um, Europe, and that uh, the Catholic Church organized these people to kind of take this on, and they came up with their book. My book is the How to Make It book, and their book is the How to Stop It book. And their book that also had been uh, possessed by several people who became obsessed with it and couldn't help but write inside it, you know, don't read the words and all this stuff, and, and the rantings and different languages even. Um, I had to study it when I did uh, the Via Vision uh, book. They did a four-movie, the Four Evil Dead anthology, and they had me come up with the Book of the Dead with uh, 16 illustrations, and every four illustrations uh, more or less corresponded to um, each of the four films. So the last four pages were uh, like my parodies of the Fetty Alvarez book. So I studied theirs and came up with my own designs and my little um, in the Something I started back in the uh, Anchor Bay books of the dead is I would disguise um, the, I call it Bolskrit. That's the uh, language that I used in Evil Dead for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, these bad hieroglyphs, it's gobbledygook in the actual book. But when it came time to, you know, turn turn it into a commercial product, I thought, hey, well, I'll be clever and I'll put in secret hidden messages. So the alphabet... Um, is basically Evil Dead Eyes uh, or Book of the Dead styled uh, um, you know, English letters. <laughs> and I, I, I remove spaces in between the letters, so in between the words. And if I, I but I followed the uh, the shape of the paragraphs in the book, original book. So you know, it just kind of goes on till it ends. You have to figure out what the words are and then where the spaces are. And I. Basically, what is revealed in the me hidden messages is what a smart ass I actually am. And, um, uh, you know, I have just, you know, visit lovely Kandar Castle. And there's one with a picture of hands of an arm melting, kind of repre representing the meltdown sequence at the end. And it says uh, raw, medium, well. Uh, there's a picture of uh, demon hands. And uh, it says uh, employees must wash hands before returning to. <laughs> Thanks. My buddy, Pat Reese, who's the bookbinder of the dead, we make replicas. Uh, he came up with that one. It's a good one. And uh, just things like that, but it's all through the book. And then I, so I carried that on in the second, in the Evil Dead 2 book for I did for Anchor Bay. And then in Via Vision had me do a, uh, a book or two. And uh, just came up with fun stuff. And, uh, and then I got here from people, do you have a, you know, the cipher for all that? And now you get to do it like a typical code is figure out a couple of words and then write those down with the symbols, and then that'll help you decode the other ones. People have even found misspellings, so it's hard to spell in code. <laughs> Knowing the Internet, I'm sure somebody already made a decipher guide anyways. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, don't spoil it. Figure it out on your own. <laughs> exactly. Um, if, yeah, if Eddie ever makes a, a sequel to his Evil Ed remake, I... I would love to see what you described on put in like the beginning of the movie or something. 
you know. Sure. About two books and stuff. That'd be cool. And uh, uh, I guess Bruce is retired from Ash, but... uh, We'll uh, have to see about that. I mean, everyone says they're retired, and it's like, oh, just one more. Are you guys familiar with Blackjack film uh, on YouTube? Oh, uh, I think... Kid from uh, Ontario uh, reviews uh, every kind of... Gorilla film, based, you know, centered around King Kong. But he's got um, more information than I've ever heard of. Like, all these versions of King Kong that people wanted to produce, like the French version and Japanese versions and things like that, that just never made it. And, you know, the Universal film in the 80s that never happened, and uh, or 70s that never happened. You know, all this endless stuff and tons of trivia. And uh, uh, anyway, they're fun little things, but tours of, you know, Jurassic World, uh, the theme park, and uh, just anything dinosaurs, everything dinosaurs and giant gorillas. I was going to say, uh, Full Moon uh, Pictures, they're, uh, they were uh, crowd, um, kickstarting a film that had stop-motion creatures in it. Uh, oh, Primeval. Yeah. Yeah, the, Dennis, the, the David Allen film. I'm really excited about that. Uh, there's a yeah the Kickstarter thing. I'm I'm thinking of getting that because you get a Blu-ray with bonus features for hundred bucks. I think that'd be worth it. Yeah, that would be cool. Oh, on the whole, uh, Bruce not wanting to play Ash again. See, I always figured they could always try to continue the TV series, but in order for that to work, they'd have to like cast somebody else as Ash, though, and that'd be that'd be a tall order. <laughs> Wish they could do the RoboCop thing. Huh? If you go like even younger, that's what I was thinking of. Actually, I was going to say that uh, my idea would be that since they already established in the show that whatever you do in the past doesn't affect their current present, would be to have them end up going back in time and pretty much grabbing the Evil Dead One Ash and bringing him to modern times. That way, the actor playing Ash could construct a new version of the character and not feel like he has to do like a bad Bruce imitation and have him like you know meet his daughter, and there's a lot of interesting stuff they could do with that, you know. That's possible, plus time travel, of course, is part of the Evil Dead universe. Right, but, you know, until until they decide to do a new show or, or a movie or something, <laughs> I don't know. Well, guys, I'm getting beat. All right, I, I had a blast talking, yeah. Um, yeah, it was great, all around. Excellent, excellent, good to meet you, and uh, this, let's definitely do this again. Um, I I could go on and on for hours about any number of topics <laughs> dealing with film. It's it's uh, an unlimited subject. Yeah, we'll do it sooner than 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 later. <laughs> you take care. All right. Okay. Any last words? A uh, lot. Maybe he went away. <laughs> All right. Take Tom. care. Uh, yeah. Have a good evening. You bet. Take care. Bye. 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 Lots. 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 At the end, uh, General Lots's internet went out. Hope you all enjoyed this. Until next time. Later.
salvation. I fear. Dispel the evil, evil virus. The salvation. I fear. Evil, evil virus. The salvation. I fear. Evil. Dispel the evil, evil.